0: Hello, it's Alice Arnold here. Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. And this week, our very special guest is Alfie Bell. I'm Alice Arnold, and I'm joined by a very special guest for a very special show. He's one of the best-loved vocalists of our time. He's performed on stages and concert halls all over the world uh, and he's performed a lot with his partner in crime, Michael Ball. He's won two Classic Brit Awards, but now, Alfie Bowe, you're going solo with your new album, which is called As Time Goes By. Welcome to the studio. Thank you,
1: Alice. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank oh, you. As time... and, and it is peaceful in here without Michael, isn't it? I've got to say.
0: I think it's going to be a quieter hour. I think so. Than last I time we so. met, <laughs> I think um, well, we might get some sense out of out of you it's on good your radio.
1: It's a good job it's mellow magic. I it's, don't know whether whether Michael no, has that mellow side. To that's
0: it. it's an important theme for us here on Mellow go. Magic. Everything <laughs> is mellow, um, and we, the first track that we're going to play is actually the title track of the album. Which I, it's you, the album celebrates music from the thirties and forties, particularly. Does it? Well, yeah. it's,
1: it's Predominantly the '30s. Well, actually, it's just the '30s. Oh. Um, yeah, it's um, music uh, that really changed the world, for as far in my eyes. I mean, and g- sort of developed the music industry, created recording artists, created record labels, radio stations, and you know, brought some real tough subjects to the uh, forefront of people's minds. You know, and it's 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 not just a group of romantic love songs or sentimental emotional. It's a collection of collaboration of album of songs on an album. It's it's um, it's more than that. It really is.
0: Was it some? Was it an era that you always loved it, or did? What what brought you to to that era of music?
1: I always. I think we always say oh, I was born in the wrong time. You know, I was born in the wrong period. I I, I believe that my time was the thirties or the forties. You know, it's, it's it's really quite strong. I connect to that, to that era. You know, it's it's um, it was a golden era. It really was a golden era, and it's funny that people call it a golden era because it was surrounded by two world wars. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, a lot depression, of depression, in the, yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of r- r- um, racism on on these attacks of um, uh, African American artists as well, who were performing a lot of this music and putting it out there. Um, it was really quite a rebellious time. People were pioneers in this music to really fight for their beliefs in it. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, it, people were given the licence to live as well, to really ex- experiment. It was n- not long after Prohibition, so people were given that choice to try new things risk a little mm-hmm. bit you know it was sex drugs and rock and roll in the 30s you know <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you said that the al- the whole album alfie bo is yeah. a homage to your parents yeah. so t- tell tell us a bit about your childhood and, and and the music that you grew up with
1: no it's not just an homage to my parents. It, I find that very important to connect it with my family as well because, you know, inevitably I do this for my family, for my kids now, and for my wife. But it is nice to remember the people that educated me. And yeah, I went to music school. You know, I got my degree in, in, in vocal studies and Was that lessons. after
0: ordinary school? Then you went to yeah, music I college? Went to music afterwards. college. Yeah.
1: I started really as a, um, initially went into a completely different industry, uh, the the motor industry, and I was singing along to the radio. Somebody spotted me and then overheard me singing and advised me to try and become professional.
0: What were you doing so in the motor
1: industry? I was a I was a paint sprayer. Were you? Yeah, and a panel beater. Yeah, so that was what I used to do for You've a living. You've
0: always got that to fall back on, there Alfie. If that it all a... goes wrong, prob- you can...
1: Next week, by the sounds of me, I think. <laughs> but that—that that was it. You know, I was always told to get a trade. You know, because that's that's what you do in the when you come from the north of England. It's always get a trade, practice your trade, do your apprenticeship. You'll always have something to fall back on, and and then you can go off and do your stuff, do whatever you want to do. And it's sensible advice, but it can also be quite crippling, I think, to some people. You know, some people get satisfied with where they are, and happy mm-hmm. just to continue that road and sometimes don't pursue their dreams. But someone spotted you Somebody singing. spotted me singing, overheard me singing in the car factory, advised me to go and audition for a company in London, took the day off work, came down, tried it out, and got taken on as a, as a member of the um, ensemble.
0: Having had no training whatsoever no training or, or anything? just no, yeah, and so wow. I did a
1: full year. And then after that year, I decided to... Have the formal training, so I auditioned for the Royal College of Music, got in, and did my degree, and then went to do a masters at the Opera Studio and the National Theatre Studio, and and um, I yeah, and I just went it went on from there really. So, but going back to the to the original um, uh, story was was really my first education was my parents, you know, was was my my father and my mother's record collection. The reason why I do lots of diverse um, areas of music, you know, and I swap between rock and pop and jazz and blues and and classical and and, and all that sort of stuff is because that was what I listened to as a kid.
0: Was there music playing in the house all the
1: time? All the time. And and my mother would put on a Glenn Miller record and then put on a um, Slim Whitman album or a Jim Reeves album and then my father would put an Enrico Caruso album on. So it was like this crazy wash of different cultures and and, and and music from different parts of the world that I was embracing and really soaking up. I've just thought of something. Nowadays, lots of people play their music
0: through headphones themselves. In those days, and when, yeah. when I was a child too, if anyone played any music, the whole house heard it, it was, because it was on a record player yeah. or it was on the radio and you weren't True. listening
1: through. Nowadays,
0: no, no one... Families won't share music in the same way, will
1: they? They really don't. And every, music has become something that is very accessible to the individual and, it's very, and it becomes a personal thing. But, and music is personal, but it's for the sharing. It is for people to explore other people's tastes. And I believe that if people did take their headphones off, unplug them, let their parents listen to what they're listening to, there might be an element of appreciation, an element of connection with each other, and families would grow you know yeah. with with that sort of emotionally and, and 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 mentally with with stimulated music that that can inspire them Now Alfie Beau you are a huge fan of Frank Sinatra
0: obviously yeah. you recorded this new album in Los Angeles which yeah. is where Frank recorded lots of his albums was there that sort of atmosphere was it did it feel all Frank Sinatra-y
1: Well it it was incredible because I was actually singing into Frank Sinatra's microphone, really, and, and I was sat on his um, personal recorded recording stool. You know, he had like a, this this high top stool. The seat was done out in leopard leopard print. You know, so it was like this old, you know, '60s type jazz um, leopard print seat, and 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 it was. It was incredible because you, you're not just sat in a chair, you're sat in Frankie's chair. You're not just singing into a microphone, you're singing into Frankie's mic. Does it's, it have a label on saying Frankie's chair? Does. does it? It does. <laughs> and, but, you know, when you look at it, it's like there's other there's other people that have used that. I mean, you've got Dean Martin, you've got Louis Prima, uh, Nina Simone, um, Ella Fitzgerald. Everybody have re- has recorded in that studio. And you can sense it. You really can. You walk into that room and first few days of the recording session I was with the band recording live with them and 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 then which was wonderful incredible and you Yeah so you atmosphere. had the band with yeah. you actually but, but later like. in the week I did a couple of days just vocal just for my own vocals and there was silence in the room you know it was dimly lit I was the only one in there and I could really feel that history you know, it's soaked into the walls, the amount of music that's been played in there, the amount of iconic albums that have been made. You can hear them all, it's, it's outrageous. <laughs>
0: so I know that you had a very sort of specific sound in mind for the album. Yeah. Um, and you wanted to evoke the passion of the of the era which you've talked yeah. about. So was that why you decided to go to, to LA it's, then?
1: It's very easy to make an album of this sort of music and make it, um, I hate to use the word smaltzy, but... You know, romantic, smooth, you know, just chilled and very in front of the fire and fireplace, glass of port. That sort of stuff, you know, relaxed, chilled with your loved one. And it's easy to do that. But I wanted to really get to the earthy side of those tracks, even though they are romantic, even though they sound emotional and sound. The playing on them is heartfelt. The playing is it's almost ripped from the soul. It really is. It's like fiery. Um, uh, a fiery direction that these players approached the music in. I kept telling them to really burn it, to really rip it up, to really sort of dig deep, not to make it smooth, not to make it um, uh, romance, just make mm-hmm. it make it sexy. <laughs> and they did they did, and they really stepped it up.
0: Alfie. Bow. For this new album, you're this is a solo album, obviously. Yes. You're not. We are not with your mate Michael Ball. Did you miss having him you know, by your what? side,
1: or was it just easier? <laughs> <laughs> it was quicker to do the album. <laughs> <Was gosh. it? laughs> no, I'm, you know, I really didn't miss Michael. You know, it is funny when you are a part of a team and a part of a duo. You, you, you. There's an element of of you um, having that support, having that sort of um connection way you you know we 're both feeling the same you know you 're both going through that same emotion and, and if somebody's having a bad night you 're there for, to help them you know and and we've both been we 've both done that for each other um so it, 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 it it is, a, you know, it is weird to be without him. I enjoy performing with Michael, but we both started off as solo artists. Oh yeah, I mean know, that was like, a
0: surprise bringing together, wasn't yeah, it? And all of a yeah. sudden, you're the Christmas number one. Exactly. And it was oh, well, where did that? Because I mean, both of you, obviously, you've had incredible solo careers. It was it's just been, like two mates. That, oh, let's do something together, and it turned out true. to be an enormous success. And you did two albums, I didn't know, you? And yeah. now you're back. Presume both doing your own thing again. But. We
1: are at the moment, but there's no, uh, we are sort of um, planning on, on uh, reconnecting next year and sitting around the table and coming up with another, with another album idea. number three. Yeah, we, why, not? Go, why not? I mean, Christmas we, number one. We hey, get, <laughs> do it again. Why I not? Mean, we, the, the other thing about it is we get on so well. We really do. We have a great time. We, we are, we, we, it's, it's fun. It's fun working with Michael. Yeah. yeah. It's annoying too, but it's fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alfie Bo, I know, this al- This is not a Christmas album. No. But I'm sure it is going to be a lot of Christmas presents <laughs> for a lot of people, because it's coming out just before Christmas. What's Christmas like in your house?
1: My house, it's... Um, I have two wonderful children, a ten-year-old daughter, Grace, and a six-year-old boy, Alfie, who's um, actually not named after me, named after my father. He has my father's full name. Alfred, Robert um, and so those are fun ages for they Christmas, are, Christmas. they really though. are and yeah. that's that's the best thing about it is seeing their reaction you know because they they love <laughs> they love Christmas obviously their kids and it's great to be able to give them the best Christmases they you can at this part this time in their lives you know like my parents did for me you know I, I loved my my time as a kid at Christmas and it was so exciting I just want to do the same for them.
0: Are you good at buying the presents and things? I'm useless at that.
1: Are you? I I, I sort of... Would go out and spend an absolute fortune on things, and my wife does everything. You know, over the computer, pre-order everything, and it all comes in one. B- She's very organised with that. She's good at that. See,
0: I think if it wasn't for women, I'm not sure Christmas would actually happen. Ex- no, I do exactly. have a theory about yeah. this. I think yeah. if it wasn't, the men would just go to the pub, wouldn't they? And yeah. Have a bag of crisps and a pint. I, that's they f- wouldn't. Where would the meal? I know yeah. there are some men who cook Christmas dinner and do all of that, but I think generally uh, tends I, to be the women that get the families together and. The first thing make I sure say. make sure the kids have got all the right presents and all those things. It's
1: true. The first thing I say when I wake up on Christmas Day is, Where's my turkey? That's the Do thing, you? Yeah. never wish them Merry Christmas, just Where's, just, my, where's turkey? my turkey? Yes, I need my turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little nickname I have for my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Well, uh, there are some. There are a co- few collaborations on this album. It's not. They're yes. uh, not all on your own. One f- one track features Kelsey Grammer.
1: How, th- how did that happen? Well, myself and Kelsey are good friends. We were in a Broadway musical together um, in um, in a production called Finding Netherland, which the music was actually written by Gary Barlow, and um, so I took over. The role after doing my stint in Les Miserables on Broadway, I went straight into finding Neverland, and me and Kelsey just got on like a house on fire. We really hit it off. We had a wonderful time and kept in touch and are really good friends. And uh, he spends a lot of time in the UK. You know, he's married to a British uh, lady from, from the north of England, and so we have that connection and all that. And and uh, he's um, yeah, he's a wonderful guy. So he just said, "Yeah, I'd love to sing this," and it was a perfect song, which was Minnie the Moocher."
0: <laughs> you obviously had a lot to do with the with the production of the album as such, I mean because you know you're a a, a qualified musician, you're not just a voice that gets launched no, into no. sticking in front of the microphone. I mean you have much more to do with it than that
1: well yeah, i mean it's important it's important to have as much input into the album as you possibly can because you really connect with it it's really from the heart it's really something that you're passionate about so the history of the songs the history about the artist the history about the time period is so much is is probably more important than just learning the notes and the words you know you've got to know where it came from you've got to know what inspired people to write this music what gave them the the strength to get up on stage and perform it against lots of um, negative comments, you know, but but it's 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 it, a lot of it was accepted. A lot of it was embraced by an audience that really wanted to be like these artists, and that was the first time it really happened.
0: Were there songs that you had to leave out that you will have to revisit was, at another time?
1: Oh my word! There was a, on my list. I must have had over probably over a hundred songs on my list really? to choose from, and to narrow them down. Yeah, I wanted to basically get an album of songs that everybody knew and had heard before because it's, you know, those are the popular ones that you want to listen to. But there are some beautiful, beautiful songs out there that um, that I wanted to do and hopefully we'll get the opportunity of doing in the future. As time goes by, too. As by time goes by, too. Go- <laughs> in brackets, without Michael Ball again.
0: <laughs> <coughs> well, Alfiebo, thank you so much for coming Pleasure. to see
1: us. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening it's Alice Arnold here that was the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast and that's the end of our series for this year but I hope we'll see you again early in the
1: spring